few other classes. Thank you, Daddy. God is so good to us. We show up in this little building right here in the middle of Excelsior Springs, Missouri, and the God of the universe shows up and meets us right here. How much more could we ask for? God done anything to change your life? Has he ever changed your life, Sister Sharon? Changes mine all the time. I titled this message tonight, Christians Should Be Ready Already. Christians should be ready already. My pastor preached a message one time, and it kind of reminded me along these same lines, not that any of, the, any of the rest of it's the same, but I could have titled it this, Don't Build Your Shelter, shelter in the Middle of the Storm. Amen. Don't wait till there's a storm going on. Don't wait till the wind's blowing and, and there's driving wanes because you know what'll happen? I worked in the building when we poured this big grand stairway in, in this building on the plaza back when I used to be in, in concrete. And we poured this big grand staircase and it rained. And it started raining in the middle of it and they just kept pouring anyway. We kept pouring this in here and we were flying the concrete in this big hopper on a, on a crane. Um, cost tens of thousands of dollars to pour this, this thing. And it rained and washed all the Portland out of the concrete. So it was a big bunch of sand and rock with a little bit of Portland and steel in it. So we got to, we got to uh, jackhammer it all out of there and do it again. So don't build your shelter in the middle of the storm. That's why, kids. Um, Revelations 12 and 11. I got this message from this, this week, and I was just going and reading myself. I was going and studying for myself, and I just studied Revelations 12 a few weeks ago, and, and God took me back to where my bookmark was at, and I had a bookmark in that area, and I just started reading there, and the first scripture I read was, was 12 and 11, and it just, this message just leapt out at me. If any of all preachers, you understand, sometimes the message will just leap out at you, and uh, it says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. Church, if we love our lives unto death, we'll miss things. We're going to miss the things of the Lord. We're going to miss our higher calling, right? We're going to miss the things that God really put us here for. But they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. And I got to thinking about what all the blood of the lamb, and we also have a testimony. We, they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. But the blood covers all sin. Every sin that's ever been committed, there's enough power in one drop of blood to wipe it all out, right? To take it and cast it as far as the east is or the west. It, it, it covers all sin. It reconciles us into a relationship with God. In the whole Old Testament, they couldn't do that. They didn't have a relationship with God, right? The Holy Ghost would, the Holy Ghost would come on kings, priests, and prophets for a service, and that would be it. That was it. They didn't, they didn't have this relationship. They, they didn't have a service and the Holy Ghost show up and, and we can feel him and, the, and we can raise our hands and submit to him and, and, and cry. And t they had to take their sacrifice to the priest and he had to take it to the holies of holies to sacrifice it for them. Yeah. Right? It reconciled that relationship. We should be shouting right there. Yeah. The blood of Christ reconciles you to have, be able to have a relationship with the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Right? Yeah. The God, the master of the universe shows up here at Grace Family Worship Center on Wednesday night because of the blood of Jesus. Without that blood, there's no other way, right? Yeah. And because of Jesus' sacrifice, we have the New Testament. Y'all yeah. know what testament means, right? Testament means covenant. Right. We have a new deal. We have a better deal than, 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 than Jacob did. We have a better deal than Isaac did, right? We have a better deal than, than, than uh, David did, Abraham, any of them. Yeah. We have a better deal than all of them. We got a better deal. And beca it's because of that sacrifice, because of that blood, right? It's because of that blood that we're healed, right? Yeah. By his stripes, I am healed. I don't have to wait for healing. I'm just waiting on the manifestation. It's already paid for. It's mine, and I'm healed. Body, you line up with the word of God. Yeah. Amen? It's because of that blood. It's because of that sacrifice, right? 
It's because of that sacrifice that we have peace. Jesus says, I give to you my peace. My peace I leave with you, right? The Holy Ghost is peace, and he lives inside of me, so why can't I release peace? It's because of that sacrifice that we have that peace, right? Peace that surpasses all understanding that we have hope. You think they had the kind of hope that you're entitled to in the New Testament, in the Old Testament? Not a chance. Not a chance. It's because of his sacrifice that we have hope. It's because of his sacrifice that we have victory. Through his victory, I have victory. You have victory. Amen. 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 Think about what all belongs to you tonight because of that sacrifice that he made. What about your authority? We talked for a long period of time about authority here a while back, and I'm going to have to get back on it again, right? You have authority because Jesus paid the price. Not from anything that you did. You can't be good enough, right? You can't study hard enough. You can't know enough of your word. It's because of his sacrifice, because of what he did. You have authority, right? Romans 8 and 12. I have a whole lot of scripture tonight. I want to show you this in the word. Romans 8, 12 through 17 says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh. You don't owe that old flesh a thing. When he paid that sacrifice and you received that sacrifice as payment to your sin, you don't owe the world a thing anymore. Just like these kids going to the school and they're all cussing and these things are going on. Many of you go to the job sites the same way, right? I hate to hear it from our kids that our kids are having to to live through this thing. But we don't owe that lifestyle a thing. We don't owe this world a thing except to tell them about Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's where my allegiance is. I'll tell you about Jesus and then get away from me if that's the way you're going to act, right? We don't owe them a thing to live according to the flesh. We don't have to live according to the flesh anymore, church, because of that sacrifice, because of that blood. It set us free, Amen. made us a brand new creation. Amen. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Yeah, right. Isn't that what it says right there? If you want to live like the world does, if you want to dabble in it, you will die. That second death we're talking about, right? That, that second death that we're trying to be saved from. You will die. You'll be separated from God forever, for eternity. If you want to live according to the flesh, right? If you want to live according to the world. <clears throat> But if, if the Spirit, but if by the Spirit, if you live by the Spirit, how do we live by the Spirit? We follow the leading of the Spirit, right? Yeah. We follow what the Word of God says. We get in the Word of God, we study the Word of God. How are you going to know what the Word of God says if you don't know, what, if you don't know, if you don't look at it and you don't read it, right? Yeah. And you can't just go around trying to follow the leading of the Spirit without the Word because there's all kinds of spirits out there that will talk to you. Right. Right. Amen? Yeah. You've got to check it with the Word of God. Yeah. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, back up a minute. Amen. I hear all kinds of people come and tell me all kinds of crazy things that the spirit told them. And I say, do you know what the word says about that? Well, no. You got to check it, right? But if you're by, but if by the spirit, you will put to death the deeds of the body. You'll put to death that that, that lust that the flesh has, right? To want to live and you will live. If you live by the Spirit, you will live. You'll make it through. You'll be saved, right? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, that's a big S there, right? Yeah. That, means it's the, that means it's the Holy Ghost. Let's call him the Holy I, I, I think it, it feels a little watered down to me to call him the Spirit. He's the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost and fire, the Spirit of God, right? Yeah. But if you're led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Say, I'm the son of God. Son. Or if you're a female, I'm the daughter of God, right? I'm the daughter. Get that down inside of you. You are the sons and daughters of God, right? For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. You're not bound by those things anymore. But you receive the spirit of adoption by who we cry, Abba, Father. 
You've been adopted. You've been grafted into the royal blood, into that lineage. Now think about this. It got me thinking about this anyway. Jesse's adopted. You all know that he's adopted. He's three years old. Do you know what belongs to me that he doesn't have access to? Not a thing. Wrap your mind around that. If you're an heir of God's, what belongs to you? Absolutely everything, Sister Sharon, that's right. Absolutely everything, but we live defeated. We live like we're beat down. We live like we, live like we ain't nobody. Think about this, and you're an heir of God. What would you feel like if you adopted this little boy like Jesse and he walked around with his head hanging down and act like he ain't got nothing? Act like he ain't got no place to stay tonight? Amen? How would that make you feel as a parent? Let's think about this, church. 16 says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. That's how he speaks to us. His Spirit speaks to me through my spirit that we are the children of God. Proof. Here's proof. Is there anything I can say to you tonight, Brother Adam, to convince you you're not saved? No one can, right? No one can, because we know that we know that we know because it bears witness with our spirit. We've read it in the Word, right? It lines up with the Word, and it bears witness with my spirit. So I know that I've been adopted. I'm grafted into this royal line. (laughs) Think about that. The master of the universe is my father. That's why I call him daddy. Some people think I'm crazy when I say daddy, but I call him daddy because father to me is someone who may be distant off and anybody can be a father to me. That's how I see the word. You can be disconnected from your children and be a father. But my kids, when they want something or when the, an intimate moment, they call me daddy. That's, a, that's a, a word to me that's close. That Does that make sense? That's why I call him daddy. That's why I do it, right? <clears throat> 17 says, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. What's that mean? That means you got the same rights that Jesus had, right? He has the Holy Ghost to the fullest extent and things, but isn't that what it says? He's my big brother, and I'm going to inherit the same things that he's inherited, right? He's seated at the right hand of of the Father, and we're going to get in here in a second. If indeed we suffer with him. Oh, Lord. Preacher, we're going to get quiet here, Right? This relationship's going to cost you something. Yeah. He goes on to say that, that we may also be glorified together. If we suffer with him, we may also be glorified. How did he suffer? People didn't like him. He was an outcast, right? Some people loved him. Some people cheered for him. They wanted what he had, yeah. but then they killed him. Yeah. Think about it. This relationship's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. And so many people are, 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 are so worried about what I got to give up. Well, preacher, if I come to church, then I got to pay tithe. They're going to take 10% of my money, and, and I have to, I got to live a different way. I can't drink anymore. I can't smoke. I can't cuss. I, I, can't, I can't have premarital sex. I can't do any of these things. You will die, it says. Isn't that what it said? Yeah. If you want to live like that, you will die. So this relationship with Christ is going to cost us something, but not near what the flesh will cost you. If you want to live according to your flesh, it's going to cost you way more than what this relationship with Christ will cost you. Amen. Amen. Everyone says, oh, that's so great. I read the end of the book and we win. That's true. It's true. But why not now? Why not? What did Jesus pay for? Did he he pay for us to wait until the end of the book? If he paid for us to wait until the end, he wouldn't have gave us authority. He wouldn't, have, he wouldn't have left his joy. He wouldn't have left his victory here with us. Amen? We wouldn't be joint heirs with him. Yeah. Amen? Why do we need to wait until the end? Of the, why, can't we be, why can't we be victorious now? Yeah. 
Why don't we live victorious now, church? Why do we have to wait till the end? Revelation 12 and 7 said they overcame him now. Now, right? We can overcome him right now. We get so hung up, though. Hear me on this. We get so hung up on my shortcomings. Amen? I'm so worried about what I can't do it, and I can't do that, and I can't do this, and I'm too weak. I can't talk to people. I don't have the money. I can't. I'm broke. I can't. I can't. I can't. How I come short, right? It's not about my shortcomings, though, church. It's not about your shortcomings. It's about what he has already done. You get this? It's paid for. Paid in full because of that sacrifice, because of the blood of the lamb. It's paid in full. It's not what you can do. It's not what I can do. It's what he's already done. You see, we're living, we're, we're living in the past of thinking about what we did or how we messed up. or You get the picture. But what he's already done. Remember who you are. If you don't take anything else from this, walk away thinking about this. Remember who you are. We are heirs of God. Joint heirs with Christ, right? It's not about what happened in the past. We're talking about right now. I'm an heir with Christ. Doesn't matter how I messed up yesterday. God forgave me for that. You all might remember it. Some of you might throw it in my face. But God forgave me. And I'm a joint heir. Think about that. I'm a prayer warrior. You a prayer warrior? My wife's more of a prayer. She's a bigger warrior than I am. She reminds me so many times to pray. Amen? But we're prayer warriors. Each and every one of us. Right? We have authority. Church, there is power in every single word that comes out of your mouth. Every one of them. Not just some of them, not just the ones you think you meant. Not just when you think about it and they line up with the word of God. There's power in every single one of your words that come out of your mouth. Even the ones you say that are negative. There's power in your words because you have authority because it was given to you by Jesus Christ himself. There's authority, there's power, right? We have a testimony. Remember the lady at the village of Sychor? Jesus came by, opened her mail up for her. It says she went back. One woman, one woman went back to the village of Sychor, and in the voice translation it says that the whole village of Sychor was transformed, Amen. completely changed from that point forward because of the testimony of one woman. It says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Church, you have a testimony. You don't have to know the word of God from front to back to have a testimony. All you got to do is talk about what God's done for you. Has God done anything for you? How has he changed your life? How do your children's life look different? Right? Think about these kids sitting up here saying the kids on the, on the bus cuss and we don't do that in justice day. You know, it's kind of cute and it's kind of funny, but it tells you that they're not doing the same things. Is that not a testimony? Is that not a testimony? Look at these kids up here singing and dancing. Is that not a testimony? Generational curse has broken off my family anyway. I can speak for my family. Amen. A lot of the kids in my family grew up seeing addiction, grew up seeing, seeing alcoholism and seeing lots of illegal things. I, I grew up seeing so much stuff that I thought it was normal. But it's up to us to break those chains. It's also up to us to give our testimony everywhere we go. The Lord did this for me. He delivered me of this. He gave me this, right? I don't have to worry about money because he's, he situated me this way and he provides everything, right? This is our testimony. What's your testimony? Everybody has one. It doesn't have to be something big and bad, but we all have one. Yours may not be the same as mine, but yours will work on someone that mine won't, and vice versa. Mine will work on someone that yours won't, right? Revelations 12 and 10, this is the verse right before 11, obviously. 
But Revelation 12 and 10 says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of Christ have come. For the accuser, now this word accuser right here in Hebrew, Satan means accuser in Hebrew, actually. The word Satan means accuser in Hebrew. So he's talking about Satan. Of our brother and who accused them before God, day and night has been cast down. This is something that's happening in the future in Revelations, right? But Satan stands before the throne day and night trying to poke a hole in our testimony. Amen? He's trying to accuse us of doing things, and he, he'll jump on us with it. And you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You can't do that. That preacher lied to you. Somebody's lying to you. That word of God, it won't work for you. It might work, and you might believe that it works, but it won't work for you because you're not good enough. You were bought and paid for by the blood of Christ. Tell me you're not good enough. Tell me you're not good enough. Ephesians 6, 10 through 13 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You notice right there that it says his might. Not anything that you can do. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We have to lean in him. He's our rock. He's our fortress, right? He's our shepherd. Put on the whole armor of God. This is equipment that is provided by God. If you were a soldier in the United States military today, they would provide you with equipment. You wouldn't run out in the middle of the battle without learning how to work that equipment, would you? No, because they wouldn't let you. But we do as the church, we'll, we'll allow you to. You wouldn't run out in the middle of battle without putting on your helmet, without putting on your pack, right, and, and, and having all your gear. You wouldn't run out there without loading your rifle. You wouldn't do it. We need to put on the whole armor, God. All the equipment that he's provided, he placed everything out here in front of us to take care of us, and we need to use these things. These are tools that we have that we can be victorious today. We don't have to wait till the end, right? That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. This word wiles right here means to lie in wait, cunning arts, deceit, craft, or trickery. So he's lying and waiting to deceive you, right? He's lying and waiting to trick you, to trip you up because you have authority over him. He can't touch you. Amen. If we'd stand up and do something with ourselves, he wouldn't be able to touch us. Amen? We have to use every piece of equipment that God's provided for us against the wiles of the, or, or the deceitfulness of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Say, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. The things we wrestle against are not, are against, are not natural, but against principalities. Now, now take note of this. I highlighted this here. Take note of this next, this next bit of wording. But against principalities, against powers, against the, the heavenly place, or against... Hold on a second. Against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of, of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the, in the heavenly places. Does that remind you of anything? This is what we're fighting against, right? This is what we're fighting against. Against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the, in the heavenly places. You all know Ephesians 1, 19 through 23. Let me tell you what God says we have to, to, to combat that. And, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? You all believe, right? Yeah. We're all Christians. To us who believe, <clears throat> according to the working of his mighty power. Whose mighty power? That same power he was just talking about in Ephesians 6. Yeah. That same power. His power. It's not that I'm relying upon my power, Brother Adam's power, or anybody else's power. It's not what I can do. It's what he's already done. It's the same power that he used when he raised Christ from the dead. 
We have access to that same power because of Jesus Christ. Isn't that what we read in the other scripture? We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ, right? <clears throat> Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand, right, in heavenly places. Remember what the last verse said? Y'all remember, right? This is what we're fighting against. God already set Christ in a, in a place of authority over these things, over everything that we're battling here today, right? And, and 21 says, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion. Isn't that what he was talking about in, cha in, in chapter 6? But God already laid it out in front of us. This is how we take advantage of it. This is how we, this is how we, we rule now, right? And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. That almost mirrors verse 6. And he put all things under his feet, under, under the feet of Jesus, and gave him to be the head over all things. Right? The church. Who's the church? I'm the church, right? You're the church. Not this building. We're the church. He seated us spiritually in the seat right next to him with authority and power and dominion over everything that we're battling against. Three of us agree on that. Amen? which is the body, the fullness of him who fulfills all in all. And then verse 13 in, 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 in chapter 6, 13 says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all to stand, we know the next verse says stand, but hold on a second, I want to talk to you about something else real quick. How many of you all have seen people that come into the church how many of us have been guilty of this ourselves? Come to the church, we dabble around, we're not putting everything we have into it, we're not pressing in spiritually as much as we could. Maybe we're not pressing in spiritually at all. Maybe we're just coming to warm the little gray chairs, Sister Sharon. I used to say little blue chairs for a few years, but maybe we're just coming to do this and we're not preparing, and then, and then an opportunity is going to come up for us to teach someone about God or, or to minister to someone or... or uh, a temptation is going to come up, or a test, let's say. A test is going to come up to test your faith. But you haven't been pouring much into your faith, you've just been showing up. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. We're in trouble, right? So he says, and having done all to stand, he's talking about us preparing before the time happens, and I'm going to show you that here. <clears throat> in verse 14, Ephesians 6 and 14, it says, stand. Having done all to stand, stand. Yeah. Stand. But you've had to done all you had to do to stand first, right? You had to take all the equipment that God's given us, and we have to put the equipment on. We have to apply the equipment to our life. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Amen? All of them, not part of them. And he says, stand. Therefore, having girded. That word, when it has an E-D on the end of it, makes it past tense. That means you're already girded. Before the test comes, before the trial comes, you're already ready for it. You've already spent your time preparing, right? You've already been sharpening your sword. You got your, you, you've got your shield, all the, the leather in it's all in nice shape, so it'll put out the fiery darts. Yeah. You've already done these things. They're, they're already been taken care of. I haven't been dabbling in church. I haven't been wasting my time in church because I was preparing for the battle while I was there. Yeah. Amen. We know the battle's going to come. We know the test is coming. We know if you're not in a test right now, hold on, it's coming. Yeah. There will be tests. There will be trials, right? There will be opportunities. If you're not prepared for those things right now, when you get in the midst of that test, when you get in the midst of that battle, and you haven't learned how to work your equipment, you don't even know how to put it on, you might not even know what it is, you may not even know about it, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. 
Amen? Amen. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with the truth, having put on the breastplate, breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, verse 16 right there, underline it in your Bible, it says, above all, above all of what? Above all of the rest of the armor of God, right? Above all, he says, catch a hold of this one right here. All of them are important. We need them all, but catch this one right here. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, think about a fiery dart as this. The devil doesn't just come and usually just knock you over, especially when you're a blood-bought Christian. He can't just come and knock you over and, and, and take what you got. He couldn't do it with Adam. He couldn't do it with Eve, right? Yeah. Think about this. If I took just a small knife and I began to throw it up against the drywall and it hit, the first time it hit, it would make a mark and a, and a little blade mark in it. And I went and got it and I hit it and I hit it and I hit it and I hit it and I kept hitting that same spot. Right. After a lot of time, it would eventually put a hole in the drywall. And it would eventually get bigger. This is how the devil attacks us. He gives us a little thought. He gives us a little imagination. He gives us a thought. He throws these fiery darts at your mind. And he can, it's where he attacks us. That's in the, in the mental arena. He can attack us in the, in the spiritual arena. The spirit, the spirit of God lives inside of me. He's not going to attack right there where the Holy Ghost and fire is at. He wants to attack you in your mind. So when he begins to throw these darts and throw these darts and throw these darts, if I don't respond to those, if I don't have that helmet of salvation on, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I'll start to think about these things. I'll start, to, I'll start to worry about these thoughts. Pretty soon I'll tell somebody else about these thoughts. I'll open my mouth and I'll begin to talk. Church, you understand what I'm saying, right? We've got to get the armor on before the test, before the battle, right? Where was that? Above all, 16. Above all, taking... I already read that one, 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. You know the, uh, which is the Word of God. You notice the Word of God is the only offensive weapon that we have? The rest of them are defense. We need to get that down inside of us. We need to get that Word down inside of us. That's why he says to meditate on it day and night, right? Put it into yourself. Pour it into yourself. He says in several places in the Bible, eat my Word, right? He says in one place, I hide my, Psalms 119, 11, I hide thy Word in my heart that I might not sin against thee, Right? continually ingesting this word, ingesting this word, ingesting this word, because you know what happens? When the devil throws those darts, he begins to throw those darts, I can catch them with my shield. I want to talk to you a little bit about the shield too, but I can catch them with my shield. I can extinguish that, those darts with my shield, and then I can whip my sword out of my mouth, and I can release God's word on the situation. That changes everything. That changes everything. I feel the Holy Ghost in that right there. God's word changes everything. Am I growing hair? It feels like it. God's word will change everything, though. 18 says, praying always. Oh, let me give you this first. Or I'll get to that in a second. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Does it say that in your Bible? In the spirit. Is there a big S there or a small S? He's not telling me to pray for my spirit. He's telling me to pray from his spirit. Amen. His spirit speaks to me through my spirit. So he's saying pray in the spirit. Pray in tongues. Is that not what he's saying here? For all, or, or being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication. Who are we praying for? Come on. Y'all got your Bibles open, don't you? It tells you right there. Open book test. For all the saints, praying in tongues, watchful, diligent, with perseverance, right? That means we don't give up easily. That means we don't pray for two minutes and then go talk about them. Don't get quiet there. I'll know right where I need to be at. Amen. Amen. 
We're praying constantly with perseverance, day after day after day after day. Pray for all the saints. And he goes on to say, and pray for me. Now, this is Apostle Paul. We know about Apostle Paul. If he needs prayed for him, how much more do I need prayed for me? And how much more do you need prayed for you, right? With perseverance, we should constantly be praying for the church. I try to go down the aisles and name you off by names. I know where you pretty much sit in the same spots most of the time. And I try to go up and down the aisles in my mind and, and pray for each and every one of you when I'm laying on the floor here or when I'm praying in my car or wherever it's at. We should all be doing that. It's biblical. It says right here, right? Praying for all the saints. Now, I want to stop right there. And for me, verse 19, remind me I'm in verse 19 when I come back to this. In, in Paul's day, when these soldiers would line up, they had these shields, and they would go from the ground or right above their feet. They, had, they would wear bronze boots, but they would have a shield that went right above their feet, so they were protect, their feet were protected, and the shield would come up here right underneath their nose. It was a big shield, and it, had, it, was, it was wrapped in leather. Right? So they had to treat these leathers. Some people say they were with oil. Some people said they soaked them in different things. But if the leather wasn't soft and pliable, leather dries out. And, if they, and, and, and in those days in, in warfare, they would have people who shot bows, archers, and they would shoot thousands of arrows up in the air. They would shoot flaming arrows. This would be one of the first stages in a battle. They would shoot flaming arrows, thousands, tens of thousands of arrows just coming up and raining down on these armies. And they would do this to set fear in them, to strike fear into them like the devil does you get what i'm saying they would want to strike fear into them but they would have to have their 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 shields ready so the front row they would line up and they would hold their shields in front of them and imagine if you were fighting if there was a wall of men and each one was standing shoulder to shoulder with a shield right here and he's blocking and then the row behind them they would put their shields above them so the arrows raining down onto them would stop so so they were dependent upon each other dependent right if we're out here in this battle and brenda doesn't take care of her leather and maybe she's standing behind me, but she probably wouldn't be because she's shorter. She'd be one of the front guys. However, if her shield doesn't take the fiery darts out and it falls through, now she's in danger. The people around her are in danger. You see what I'm saying? This is what the church needs. This is a picture of the church, right? This is what we have to do. We have to, we have to be taking care of these things. We have to be taking care of our spiritual life beforehand all the time. Constantly working on building up our faith. Constantly working on getting this, getting these, this armor of God. All the equipment that God's given us. We don't have to live in defeat, church. We are victorious because we're heirs with Jesus Christ. Amen? 19 says, and for me, praying for Paul, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly and make known the mystery of the gospel. We should all be doing that, right? Not just the preacher. You're going to meet people I never meet. I'm going to meet people you never meet. You can't get them to church to get them saved. You might have to get them saved right where they stand. Amen. You might have to just tell them your testimony. You might have to tell them what the, what the blood of the lamb has done for you. Amen. For which I am an ambassador in chains. That it may, that, that it, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. <clears throat> so thinking about those shields like that how they all lined up and protected each other. One of us together, church, is easy prey. Easy prey. If it's raining down darts and all you got is one shield in front of you up to the bottom of your nose, you're in trouble. We're easy prey together. We need each other. We need to line up together, get our shields ready, get our armor on. Amen? Get your sword out. 
Start speaking the word of God over the situation, having that leather on that, on that thing all, all penetrated with what it needs to be, where it puts the darts out when they hit it, right? Soft leather is pliable, and it, it's, it's tough, and it's strong, but when it gets dry, it's brittle, and it, it'll break. It'll break, amen? <clears throat> my preparation might protect you in my spiritual life I'm talking about. And many people rely on the pastor, but they don't want to do anything themselves. Oh, pray, pray, pray for me. But then I don't see you in church for the next six weeks. Amen? I'm not trying to be mean about it. It's, it's fact. My preparation might protect you. I might be the one to your right with my shield ready. Your preparation might protect me. But we need to be ready, right? A Christian should already be ready. But if you're not already ready, it's something we can start right here, right? What did he say? The, the most important thing was, above all, above all, get your shield of faith. Start sharpening your faith. Get that faith ready. Amen? Yeah. Grow in your faith. Develop in your faith. I'm probably going to teach more on some Wednesday nights about faith and how we develop our faith and our authority and some of those things. So um, we need to start doing that right now. Above all, do that, right? How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. You notice how that scripture is written? Faith comes by hearing and hearing. And hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. It comes by hearing. So how do you hear the word? Who's responsible for what you hear? Who do you hear talking more than anybody? Yourself. Start speaking the word. Start reading the word aloud, right? Start listening to an audio Bible, whatever it is. Start getting that word into you, and into you, and into you. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? A good man out of the good treasure of his heart, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart. What's treasure? You have to, you have to put up treasure, don't you? Treasure doesn't just pop in the ground. It's something you have to instill. You've got to put it in there. So if we're putting in the word of God, we're putting in the word of God, we're putting in the word of God, we're sharpening our sword, but we're building our faith. Amen? We know what the word says. We're hearing the word of God. We begin to learn it. We, we know what we possess. We know what belongs to us. Amen? We, 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 we learn how the enemy attacks. And then when he comes at us, we can pull that shield of faith up and say, oh, no, Mr. Devil, you're in trouble today. I got the word of God right here. And we can release our faith with that word of God, and we have authority in that. Yeah. There's power in that, church. Yeah. Imagine if we'd all do that. Imagine if we would all do that. Start preparing today. Don't dabble around in church. Don't, I, I mean, come in here and take notes. Write these scriptures down. I, I've said this before. I've handed out notebooks and pens before in here. Please, write these down. Put them in the front of the notebook. Pray about these until we come back here on Sunday. Read over them again each day. Until we come back here on Sunday... Write the revelation in the back of the book that God gives you over these scriptures. He'll teach you far more than I could ever teach you on them. Amen? We'll grow that way. We'll grow that way. Sunday, when you get back, take down the next ones. God puts people under a pastor because he gives pastors the, the message that the people need to have. Right? So when he gives me these scriptures, it's not for naught. It's for us to grow. We're dependent upon each other. If we do this today and then we do it again Sunday, in a year's time, how much stronger you think you'll be? How much stronger you think the church would be? Think about this. When we had a problem in the church, we'd just go ahead and take care of it right now. Yeah. Amen? Faith comes by hearing and hearing. <clears throat> it doesn't stop with faith, though. It takes all the equipment. I'm just saying if you haven't been working on, your, on putting your equipment on or learning your equipment, start with your faith. Start right there. Put on all the equipment, though, right? And don't forget, you are an heir, and you have a testimony. Amen. Each and every one of us have a testimony. 
All right, let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We love you, Daddy. We just praise your mighty name, Lord. I pray that you would set a fire inside of us, Lord, that we cannot contain, Father. We just got to tell everybody what you've done for us, Dad. We thank you for this, Lord. I thank you that I'm an heir, Father God. I thank you. I can't even wrap my head around that, Dad, that I'm an heir of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You spoke this whole place into existence, Father God, and what you have is mine. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this, Daddy. Lord, I pray that you would just cause us to remember on this all week long, Father God, that, that we're heirs, Father God, joint heirs with Christ, Daddy. We thank you for this, Lord, and we love you, Lord. I pray that you would protect us spiritually, Lord, protect our minds, Father God. Lord, teach us how to deal with our enemy, Father. Thank you for this, Lord. Teach us about our equipment this week, Father God, and, and all the armor of God that we have that we can put on, Lord, and that we can overcome the enemy now, Lord. We don't have to wait till the end. We don't have to wait for a rapture, Lord. Lord, we're in charge now. Thank you for this authority that you've given us. We praise you, Father, and I pray that you would just continue to draw us near to you, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.